0: welcome to today's episode of juicing the numbers i am your host joshua tracy and i am corwin heller and we're doing a little bit of everything today we're doing a little around the horn episode once again so we can get the opportunity to touch on a few different topics from around the world of sports
1: uh where do you want to start today corwin um i feel like we're on the topic of baseball so we could start there All right. Because we were discussing it when we walked in. Yeah, so we're recording this on Wednesday,
0: July 31st, So, um, because I'm going to be in Maryland all weekend, so we've been a little bit... uh, We have to record this pretty ahead of time, so I'm sure plenty is going to have happened. Luckily, today is the trade deadline Mm -hmm. for the MLB, so obviously not much can happen after we record this. I'm recording this kind of in the middle of the day, right here at noon. So as of right now... The biggest trade is the one that happened last night as I was leaving Yankee Stadium, <laughs> Trevor Bauer getting traded to the Reds.
1: Yes. Well, a lot of people moving around, but mostly Trevor yeah. Bauer to the Reds. Right.
0: It's, it's it's a three-team trade, but the the big um, like blockbuster portion of it is that Trevor Bauer, formerly of the Cleveland Indians, is now on the uh, Cincinnati Reds. So basically what happened is that the Cleveland Indians acquire... Listen to this shit. Just Yasiel Puig,
1: mm. Fran
0: Reyes, mm. who's been a Statcast cast darling for years. Oh, so good. Uh, Logan Allen.
1: Lovely. Victor Nova and Scott Moss. Uh, those last two being minor leaguers. Not Nova's not a terrible minor leaguer. I have no idea who the other guy is.
0: Yeah, I don't really care. Yeah. Um,
1: really. As far as I'm concerned, those are just
0: icing on the cake as compared to those oh, first yeah. few guys. Uh, then the Cincinnati Reds acquired just Trevor Bauer, and then the San Diego Padres, the, the team that I know at least Fran Mill Reyes, is, is on Logan Allen.
1: Everybody except for uh, yeah, Puig was on the Padres. All right, that's what I thought.
0: Okay. Um, uh, the Padres acquired Taylor Trammell, a minor leaguer.
1: At least that's what I know. Um, they could be from the Reds. I'm not a hundred percent sure. It doesn't really matter. At the but end yeah, of the day. It, it's not. Um, um, actually, okay. So Nova was from San Diego. Moss was from Cincinnati.
0: So let's let's look at this one team at a time. Let's start with the Indians. Woo!
1: What they a got trade. a lot. They fucking fleeced these guys.
0: Yeah, I I I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of weird, right? Because they're Two games back, I think, from the division. And they're like three games up on the wild card. So like in in all likelihood they're going to the playoffs. Nothing set in stone, but in all likelihood they're going
1: to the playoffs. Very, very likely to go to the playoffs.
0: And um actually wins
1: is Kluber's due back some point this year, right? Yes. So everyone who is on the I L right now is expected back to some degree cookie is just kind of the biggest question mark right but power should be back you know any week now
0: so oh you mean kluber
1: i did mean kluber yeah that's okay
0: yeah so um i know shane bieber has been doing really well and um give me some of the other uh, starting pitches i can't think of
1: uh mike clevenger's doing clevenger's well. back and he's doing yep. well yeah um uh, what's his There's first one other name, guy I can't Zach think of. Zach Yes, that's it. That's He's exactly been doing Playsack. pretty well. This is
0: his rookie year, right? Yes. Yeah. So I know that they have like other starting pitchers. It's been the strength of the Indians for a mm-hmm. while now. But with Kluber out, Bauer was like their de facto ace. Yes. So it's just kind of odd that they would move. A, a team in such a good spot to kind of keep ascending their division ros um um their division standings as well as pad their lead in the wild card standings to move their current ace so they got a great haul back which oh, is probably absolutely. just you know that's the reason they did it because they got the world back but uh still kind of just like weird to see you know
1: i get it we do have such depth at starting pitcher between, you know, guys like Kluber, Clevenger, Carrasco, Bieber, Playsack. We have some really good minor league arms that could come up if need be. Um, It really comes down to the fact that the outfield in Cleveland is fucking awful. Yes. I mean, outside of Oscar Mercado, like Greg Allen's just a guy. Tyler Naquin's a good guy, but still a jag. Um, Like, we don't have any really good i keep saying wait the the indians i understand um don't have anybody really as a star in that outfield and there's no power to be you know yeah plus that dh
0: spot's basically been vacant so
1: yeah because jake bowers is not what we expected jake bowers to be so instantly left field with fran Mel reyes right field yasiel puig and keeping mercado in center is a major upgrade um especially since I'm sure there will be a rotation with DH there. Um, I think it's a huge upgrade overall for the team, especially since Logan Allen is a guy who could come and pitch games for us this year. I know he had uh, one or two earlier in the season. Um, Logan Allen must have been out for a while there
0: because he only has 25 innings pitched on the season. Yeah, he got called up super early and then sent back down. Okay, uh, probably because he's nursing a six seventy five ERA.
1: Yeah, that's not ideal.
0: With a five ninety five FIP and a one seven seven six E whip, that's awful. Oh, great. But again, he's young, so they probably just needed somebody to, to throw the ball. But whatever. And he's
1: also not a, you know, he's a good prospect. You know, not a top. I don't think he's top fifty, but he's you know. He's a top prospect for the Padres. That's
0: fair. All right, so let's talk about the Reds. Mm-hmm. They got Trevor Bauer, so that rotation Damn. is now Trevor Bauer, Sonny Gray, Alex Wood, and um, who else do they have? Uh, uh, oh, Luis Castillo.
1: That's the big one. Yeah. And
0: honestly, if that's it, that's great. Yeah, that's a really good let rotation.
1: Me, uh, let me look up the rest of this
0: because it does, you know that those are those are four guys who. They had to pretty much go out and get a cypher. well three guys Castillo is, is is um from the organization but four guys three other guys that they went out and got and like they built
1: themselves that's nice so their starting five is now going to be Trevor Bauer, Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, Anthony Descalfante, Descalfani, Descalfani yeah, yeah. Descalfani, uh Alex Wood and then Tanner Roark is in there oh I forgot
0: Tanner Roark was on that team now yeah yeah I yeah, mean that's yeah, yeah.
1: just kind of like sure whatever but. That's still a deep starting five. Yeah, well, that, that's six names. Yeah. Because yeah. Because it's so deep, it goes to six. Fucking for, yeah. Um,
0: This is pretty much what I... I think this is exactly what I said they would do with Puig when they got him. When they traded Let for... Let
1: value and then trade him again?
0: Because l- I think this is what I said when we talked about why the Reds traded to get Alex Wood and Yasiel Puig, and they signed, I think, a few other guys to one-year contracts... Um, yeah, that makes sense. I, I can't remember who else they were, but those were the two big ones because they're both in walk years. And I said that chances are they'll either let them play and they'll be really good and they'll say, hey, we have a competitive team. Um, we could have a more competitive team for next year. These guys were a big piece of that. Let's re-sign them. Or they let them build up value and trade them to just restock a farm system and kind of rebuild on the fly, which... Mm-hmm. It's looking so far like it's what they're going to do with kind of each one. But I'm going to assume Alex Wood's going to stay there because having him in that rotation would be really big for them. And having good pitching is big for any team, especially in that division, so it could really help them in 2020. And then they just moved Puig for, well, another big piece, which is Trevor Bauer. So. Yeah.
1: This is a great trade for the Reds because they gave up Tramel and they gave up Trammell, Puig... And some random minor leaguer that we both don't know in Moss, um, which, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, they have Bauer for all of this year and the next two years. So that's a fantastic deal for them, uh, I guess, which leads us into the Padres, which I don't really get what they did here. I don't know why they did this.
0: So one of the things that I read is that the the, the Padres are, have kind of like a 40-man roster crunch right now. Like they have a lot of players, and they they don't have they have too many to keep. So they were going to try to like unload a few, to try to just slim down who's on the forty man to avoid some rule five stuff. Okay. But I still feel like you could have done more because they traded away a lot of players to just get a double A, and I have his stats up here. I want to read off to you. Okay. Taylor Trammell, uh, so he's a double A outfielder. Okay, he's played in 94 games this year, 381, so he has 318 at bats. He is his slash line.
1: Is, this is tremel right? Yeah, he's yeah, he's like a top ten prospect right now.
0: His slash line is 236, 349, 336,
1: good for a 686 OPS. Not ideal. That's bad. He is very much a top prospect, though. I mean, I know he's had a bad year, but he's still a top prospect for sure.
0: I understand that. Let me see where... But our... all I'm saying is that if we're taking the present value of the, the Padres' total pool of prospects that they traded, they probably could have gotten someone whose present value is a little bit better than this. Yeah. Like, they probably could have gotten someone who could have been put on in the 25-man tw- roster with the number of prospects they have in their farm system. Oh, for sure. And that, that's what I'm confused about. I'm not trying to try to shit-talk Trammell which I guess it is kind of what it seems like I'm doing. I'm just saying that for what they gave up and for what else they have, if they really wanted to, like, make a a notable addition, they could have done more. They could have gotten more, I guess. Yeah, I feel you. So it seems like they kind of got a little fleece there, but it seems like they didn't really care about
1: it. I just, you know, I've... Looking at the contracts, just as you were talking about this, I just, I don't know. Like, Puig is on the last year of his deal. Reyes is on the last year of his deal. Um, I really feel like the Reds might have won this one. Just because Bauer's the only guy that's under control longer than a year. I'd say the Reds definitely come away
0: on top I'd say the Indians also very much so come away on top. Yeah, I think um I I think you can you can argue which one got more because you know Cleveland got way more players mm-hmm. and if you want to put together the total war that they may very well accumulate on Cleveland, like it may very well be more than Trevor Bauer accumulates on his own. Uh yeah. but that's a a different discussion, valid as it is. I just don't see what San Diego gets out of this, outside of just moving players. Which, again, if that's their only goal, they did it. If that was the only thing they were going for, then, yeah, they they got it done. I'm actually kind of starting to wonder how they even got involved in this.
1: Who, the Padres? The
0: Padres, yeah. It seems like they're just calling them GMs like, hey, can you take some of our guys?
1: <laughs> guys, we have so many. I would really love to know how this even... like. What they started with and how they reached this point—that's always like the big thing for me with trades—is like, yeah, this is the final offer sheet and everything. But where did this start off? Like, what what were you trying to get, and what did you end up with?
0: We may never know, my friend. Uh, I have it's a um, we definitely won't. It's the Padres. They they have no answers for anything.
1: So right here, uh, Taylor Trammell is listed as the number ten overall prospect. In really baseball. that
0: high? Yeah wow this
1: was uh it doesn't have a date but this is yeah
0: he's number 10 overall prospect with a 686 ops that's nuts granted i in mean double a
1: that's yeah weird i mean stuff happens guys don't take some time to adjust he's moving up from high a it's
0: you know it's what it is its I'm also kind of just, I I don't understand the prospect ranking system. It seems weird to me that you'd have a high A prospect in the top 10 to begin with.
1: Yeah, I mean, Wander Franco is the number one overall prospect right now, according to absolutely everyone, and he's 18 years old, and I think might have just gotten promoted to Double A for the first time.
0: I I, I have no idea.
1: I want to save the brawl for the end. Okay.
0: So let's jump to the NHL stuff and just kind of We're move sure through it. that pretty yeah. quick. We haven't talked about hockey in a while, so we thought it might be good at this point to just kind of go
1: through some of the uh I just want to say he is still in single A and he's the number 1 prospect in baseball.
0: I don't fucking get that like at all. Um but anyway, let's let's pick out a few highlights um uh, some some mild stuff happened today. The Avalanche signed Samuel Gerard to a seven-year extension worth thirty-five million. Do you care? No. Okay. Me neither. Devils re-signed Will Butcher three years, eleven point one nine million dollars. Do you care? Uh, kinda.
1: Decent contract. Decent player. Good value. You yeah. saw fit. Yeah. Decent value
0: there, especially for okay. a team that struggled with uh, with maintaining defensive talent as much recently as the Devils have.
1: Really? Do you think they signed anyone big to kind of alleviate that? I don't think so. Yeah, okay.
0: Um, the Avalanche re-signed Vladislav Kamenev to a one-year contract. I don't care.
1: Chris Kunitz retired. I saw that yesterday. I was upset by that. I mean, good I'm for him. he's retiring. He has four Stanley Cups under his belt, three with the Penguins. It's just, man, I, I don't want to see that guy not play hockey anymore.
0: Yeah, it's always weird when, when NHL is retired because they feel like, I don't know, somehow they feel like more mainstay than like anything else. Right. Yeah, like like when uh, pick retired. Oh no! Oh yeah, just kind of weird. Anyway, All
1: these former Penguins, man.
0: Thank God. No. Uh, Yarp. Lightning trade forward Ryan Call- Callahan and a 2025th round pick to the Senators for goalie Mike Condon and a 2026th round pick, which just feels so irrelevant. No, I just don't care. All right, cool. <laughs> um. <laughs> The Golden Knights traded forward Nikita Gusev to the Devils for a 2021 first-round pick and a 2023rd round pick. No. All right, cool.
1: <laughs> Why are you reading these if we don't care about them?
0: I want to know if you have opinions because you're a lot better with names than me. So, like, some of these guys, I I probably I might know, but like, I don't know them by name because I'm just so bad with names. And you might go, "Oh no, it's that guy," and I'll be like, "Oh shit, it's that guy," because oh, okay. that happens Fair to us enough. all the time. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, ooh, the lightning sign, Andrey Vasilevsky to an eight year seventy six million dollar extension. Yeah, I don't care. He's a scrub. <laughs>
1: How old is he now? Uh like twenty five. Like he's young, twenty-six maybe. I might even be overdoing it. He's
0: twenty five. Yeah. Twenty five.
1: So he, this goes through his age thirty
0: three contract, and he was only gonna make six million more than Sergei Bobrovsky. Who's going to get paid through his year th- age thirty seven contract
1: or season? Yeah, it's not ideal. That's just for so nuts. Uh, It's no, it's, I, that's,
0: that's ideal for Bobrovsky. That's not ideal for the Florida Oh Panthers. yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, um,
1: I don't know how to feel about this from a Lightning perspective because one, he's a very very good goalie and very easily could be the best goalie in hockey for the next eight years. On the other end, it's a uh, goalie that you're giving term and value to so i'm scared cuz yeah, that could very easily go downhill yeah but if you're going to give
0: term and um value to any any goalie it would an be age 25 Vesky. year old yeah. Vesna finalist is probably the guy to do it so hasn't
1: he already won the ve- uh Vezina? i Vezina? don't know who just I feel wanted? like he did who who just won it this year i want to say it was vasi
0: I thought it was um, what's his face? The oh no, it is Vasilevsky. Yeah, he just won, which just, which just reemphasizes that if
1: there was a guy to do this for, it would be him. Yeah,
0: it is Andrei Vasilevsky.
1: It's just one of those things where giving both is scary. All right, let's jump on down.
0: Um, hey Rangers, we signed uh, we re-signed Pavel Buchnevich to a two-year, six point five million dollar contract. Shabby. I think that's a steal, honestly. Yeah, I do too. I think I think if if he um, has the opportunity to, I think he has the ability to to really break out one of these days.
1: I just um, read through all of those names. I don't care. Yeah, so I'm kind of I'm kind of just skimming. Twenty fourth, Sam Bennett is a name that I haven't heard in a long time.
0: Yeah, I don't really care about a lot of these. Man, uh, a lot of players just shifting around that I don't think are really um important at all oh uh Neil Pionk just signed a uh not just but he signed a two-year six million dollar contract with the Jets and uh that's too much money he played for the Rangers last year and was unimpressive
1: I do want to say the Penguin signing Zach Aston Reese to a two-year two million dollar contract is an absolute steal he has such good chemistry with Crosby I think he is very much gonna outperform that contract the Rangers signed Jacob
0: Truba to a seven-year, $56 million contract. I love it so much. Uh, I don't know how to feel. I love What's it. What's the AAV? I don't want to do math. It's $8 million a year. That's a lot. It's Jacob Truba.
1: Yeah, I don't, I'm don't. i not like high on Jacob Truba the way other people are, though. Uh, do you think, though, that this is basically the going rate on him, whether you believe in um, his... I think it's a little high really yeah i would think i would have put him more like six and a half seven
0: It seems very fair to me i don't know i i obviously obviously the rangers desperately wanted him and right. they had already pretty much they, they they traded for him which is what i'm trying to look for like uh, i know for a fact there was a trade acquisition from the jets but i forget how we got him from them i mean he's definitely gonna make your team better yeah, and um, the other thing to consider is that the uh, Rangers don't pay anyone much right now. We're paying Henrik Lundqvist and Mark Stahl. Zabenejad,
1: did he get his uh, extension yet? Um I don't remember. I'll look it up. And, um I think he did. I think he got it last year. God, trying to spell Zabenejad's last name is whew, difficult. It's yeah.
0: A- easy. Uh, and like uh, Chris Carter's on the books, but like I don't think he's like that crazy much. Uh as we all know I think he's gone this year. Defenseman, I I'm very on the fence about it and I don't think so. Um if I had to pick, I'd say he's not. If because I don't really? think it makes sense to do guys, because all you're doing now is burning the purse. But for a team that's like a hopeful uh a playoff hopeful, at least in their own eyes, like yeah, I just I just don't get it. Uh PK Subban got traded. He's now a New Jersey devil. Um
1: which is good for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he's really going to help out their defense. I think it feels like a, we just talked about this. <laughs> it is almost like we just talked about this. Just lost all of our audio and now have to start completely over. <laughs> uh, I think he's a great leader on defense. I know we literally just talked about it. He's an offensive first defenseman who doesn't, quote-unquote, play defense. Um, but I think he will do enough to really help that back end enough to help out Mackenzie Blackwood, their young goalie. I think I think we can both agree
0: that regardless of how well um, Subban's defense is going to be this year, it's going to be goaltending for for the Devils. As like
1: the biggest question mark. Yeah. Uh, well, I or, agree. Or
0: that will make or break their season.
1: Uh, that will make or break. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest question mark is still going to be how much Hughes and Nico Hersher. Nico Hersher Thank Nico you. Nico so Hershier. Yeah. Uh, really improves, but. Uh, yeah, I would agree that make or break is goaltending, whether or not they give the nod to Schneider or Blackwood, and whether or not either of those guys can play at an NHL level.
0: Yeah, I th- I really think that's what it's going to end up going because their defense will probably be like league average, if not maybe marginally better this year, which would be a huge step up for them. Right. But if their their tight needs to be league average, which like, would also be
1: a step up for them. I know we just talked about how much. Uh, PK Subban is not a defensive defenseman, but he is still the Devil's most defensive defenseman. He's by far going to be the best. Yeah. This is like what uh, what everyone
0: said Robbie Cano was going to be when he got traded to the uh, Mets. He's going to instantly be the Mets' best hitter, and now he's
1: he's not. He's not. No. Oh boy. Uh, God, the Mets suck. Yeah, they do. It's fucking hilarious. You want to talk more shit on the Mets for a full episode? It's so easy. It it's really just so is.
0: easy. Because like I don't hate them. Like, I don't dislike the Mets, even though like a lot of Yankees fans dislike the Mets, but it's so easy to shit on them that it makes me hate them because they're so poor. I think that's what it is. They're just so poorly run, it makes me mad. And because mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of theirs, I don't have to be like, Ah, still going to watch the games because I'm going to be like, nah, fuck that shit, still going to watch them Yankees. But, oh well. I think they're really fun to laugh at. Oh, they're great to laugh at. They're an easy team to laugh at. Oh, for sure. Um... Is there anything else really with the world of hockey right now? Phil um, is all quiet on the Western Front right now.
1: Yeah. Do you know if we l- – I don't think we lost the part where we talked about Chris Kunich retiring. No, Yeah. Okay. He's, he's he's still he's still retired. Yeah, still retired. Yeah, I mean, not much has been going on with Spash hockey. Sebastian still right right? isn't
0: as good as Sidney Crosby or Alex
1: Ovechkin. Yeah. I do not want to say that that was my point, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we can definitely agree on that.
0: Anyway, um, so let's take it to the NFL where the uh, only big thing recently has been the Michael Thomas signing, the yeah. extension.
1: What a fucking contract, too.
0: Five years, $100 million. $61 million guaranteed. That much?
1: $61 million dollars guaranteed.
0: Wow. So this makes him, first off, the highest paid uh, wide receiver ever by yes. total contract and by AV. Yes. Um. And I don't understand how the Saints can afford to pay both Michael Thomas and Drew Brees because I feel like it's just going to be a game of catch now. It's because the
1: salary cap is a myth and doesn't actually exist. It's so easy to get around it. It's wild. Um, Do you think he's uh, worth this money?
0: I think... So I think that's a a question we ask a lot and I think it's got to be asked in two phases. Like we just did... Um, for uh, Jacob Truba. Do you think he's worth it? And do you think that's what it takes to keep him or get him? Do I think he's worth it? Probably not. Only because I don't think he's the greatest wide receiver ever. Or even of this current generation. I think he's not so head and shoulders above everybody else to warrant him having the most money. I think he's squarely in that class but to say that he's like head and shoulders like that mm-hmm. I don't think it would be true. Do I think that's what it takes to keep him? Absolutely. And you do that tra- you do
1: that signing every single day. Like they need Michael Thomas. I think he could easily become the best wide... I let me rephrase that. I think he could become the best wide receiver. Yeah, I know I think there's a very generation. cogent argument out there for it. Right. Yeah. Like he is so young and has just shown such a great ability to catch and run with the football. I think you could easily, uh, I keep saying easily, it will not be easy, but it is quite possible he does grow into that because of the talent we've seen. I mean, he's only, what, like 24? He's so young that he has so much time left to play ahead of him that he could really do a lot of great things. Uh, I think the big question mark with him is what he can do when Drew Brees retires.
0: Jesus Aguilar got traded from the Brewers to the Rays in exchange for right-handed pitcher Jacob Faria. Or Faria,
1: wow, just a whole lot of nothing I care about. Like those are I'm- two de- Like those are two guys who were big names, or two big up and coming names, like a year or two ago, and now are just kind of like meh.
0: Who's gonna play first for the Brewers now?
1: I don't think it matters. Maybe uh, if they call up. Uh, what's his fucking face? Travis Shaw, he could play first for them. They think
0: they move Moustakis over there. Um that way you have one. um what's his face at what's, what's his face playing third for them right now? Mustakas? No, the other
1: guy. Remember you cuz you were the one who told me that they uh, he was splitting time at third and second. Uh yeah, Keston Hira is their second baseman now, which moved Mike Mustakas to third. And their third baseman was Travis Shaw, but he got moved down to AAA. Oh, oh! so that's who you so were just talking call, about Yeah, then. so if they oh, call okay. back up Travis Shaw, he could move to first, possibly.
0: I feel like you'd probably want to move Moose over to
1: first. I don't think it matters.
0: I mean, you're, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Um,
1: Michael Thomas. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? I think it's worth it. Um, I think he's definitely does enough for that team on offense where without him i don't think they are anywhere close to the kind of offensive skill that they are now offensive skill offensive powerhouse that they are now um and yes the salary cap is completely a myth so it why not pay him that money
0: yeah i mean pretty much it sounds like we're both in agreement on to whether or not he should have gotten the... Con- uh, anything else really going on in the world of the NFL that's worth talking about? I know Tyreek Hill had some stuff, but I don't think yeah. it's really a big deal. Um, well, I mean, AJ Green. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's... In his
1: ankle. He died. Yeah, he basically died. Uh, he's going to be out until they say week one. I think it's going to be longer than that. Oh, really? I heard like week four. I heard they said he was going to be back by week one. Uh, I think week four is the more likely scenario. Yeah um let's see what else happens i think Uh, i think
0: he's just doing it to avoid playing for the Bengals.
1: yeah i wouldn't take yeah yes words yes agreed hey fuck you cincinnati (laughs) speaking (laughs) of which no shit Uh, melvin gordon still holding out good for him yeah i guess i don't know if i agree with his stance that it's hard to find really good running backs i think running back is a very replaceable position it's Probably the most replaceable position. Yeah. I mean I feel like long snapper is pretty replaceable, but
0: Oh uh, You're probably right, but it's not sought after. No, At least no, running not. back sought after. Yeah.
1: Um I don't think it's gonna work out well for him. I like we literally just went through this with Le'Veon Bell and everyone agreed that was a very dumb decision.
0: I think Le'Veon got what he wanted out of it.
1: But so that doesn't make it a smart decision.
0: I think if he, I think if you get what you want out of it, I think it is the smart decision, and I think he got what he wanted out of it. I'm not saying he didn't. So what, what, put, do you, what do you think? He I'm not wanted saying he left money. It. He didn't leave money on the table because he, in all likelihood, left money on the table. I think he wanted to get signed to a long term deal, and didn't care what that took.
1: We offered him a long term deal.
0: Uh just not to his liking. Like, I I I I don't know. I'm I'm assuming because he didn't take it whatever the Jets offered him was, like, more in line with what he was expecting.
1: Josh, I know you've read the report I wrote on this scenario. Of, uh, of course I did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sure. He fucked up. You no, know, I just forgot it forever forever ago. But, like, I, 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 so I don't... I, the only reason I'm saying this is because right. I, there's literally no other justification for why he did it. Because I don't think he's just stupid. I don't think he's a smart
1: guy, but I don't <laughs> think he's just stupid. The key word there is just.
0: Yeah. Like, he clearly... Whether it goes beyond like, term and value to just where he felt slighted for some reason by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, Mm -hmm. there was a reason for it, and he still ended up getting a long-term deal with money after it. So I think Gordon's looking at that and saying to himself, all right, despite the fact that this man missed literally an entire NFL season, Mm -hmm. he still ended up getting paid afterwards without having to risk playing. And that's what he wants. So that's all... This is. Remember when I was trying to justify some um, Hall of Fame shit the other day? This is me just trying to trying to trying put to some logic reason, into the situation yeah. here.
1: I get it. No, I do. Yeah, but I just don't think it's gonna work out the way he wanted it to. Like, I think Le'Veon had a scenario and had his scenario end where he got a good, you know, fallback option with the contract that he got. I don't think it's what he sought after the whole time. That's probably true. Um and I just don't know why seeing it happen to a better running back that Melvin Gordon can just go out and be like suck my dick, pay me money and like it's the Chargers, it's it's not like they don't have experience with marquee players holding out and then them coming away victorious. Yeah. <laughs> so, who knows?
0: Yeah, it's going to make an interesting case because we kind of I didn't I didn't expect to see a uh, follow up to the Le'Veon Bell incident in literally the next season. <laughs> so
1: quickly, yeah. <laughs> Here is a question for you: Are you going to try and draft Melvin Gordon in fantasy this year, or are you just going to avoid him completely?
0: Oh, I avoided Le'Veon Bell. I'm going to avoid.
1: Yeah. Melvin Gordon. Yeah, uh, I don't think I would go after Le' or not Le'Veon go after Melvin Gordon this year. Even not after what Le'Veon pulls. Yeah, like even if he pulls falls down to like the second round if there's no good news for this i'm just what's the highest round you would take him in i would take him in the third just because i pick the fourth yeah i mean i think it comes down to what kind of news happens between now and whenever our draft ends up being i just don't think it will it's enough reward to really risk losing a guy for that long yeah, pretty much. Watch, like, Steph draft him in, like, the first round still.
0: She loves him. I know. Anyway. Oh, not that she's wrong, too. Right. The man does the work. He did go to Wisconsin, though. Ugh. <laughs> Wisconsin, the badges. All right. So the brawl yesterday between the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Cincinnati Why Are We Here Reds, a lot went down in that. So if I can summarize... I'll do my best. Um there was a disagreement where in uh Derek Dietrich for seemingly the 10,000th time this season was because pitched at.
1: He's a dick when he plays in Pittsburgh, whether or not. Well, it's deserving or not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um
0: so they pitched they threw at him and they threw above him. Yeah, they they tried to throw at him. <laughs> they did their best. And uh, I believe the benches got worn, but I don't think anything actually happened after that. Not really. There was then a disagreement over a strike zone, which caused the manager of the Reds to come out and get tossed, because he was arguing over the strike zone. His name is also Bell. Oh, yes, right. Really beyond, yeah, David Bell, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and I was going to say you can say Josh Bell. Also true. Yeah. Pittsburgh and Bells. <laughs> More both like Philly. Ayo.
1: Anyway. That was a bad joke. Yeah, let's move on. We
0: both made bad jokes. So he gets tossed. Then, uh, this guy, uh, Amari Garrett, I think is his Amir. name. Amir Amir Garrett, thank you. He uh, he had a rough inning where he ended up letting up two base runners before a three-run home run, to which uh, Amir Garrett being a pitcher for the Reds, to which the Pittsburgh Pirates bench let him hear it. Yeah. He objected to this. So what he did was, and I... I you hear it a lot when you watch broadcasts, but I've literally never seen this before. I've never seen it either. In my life. I've never seen it I've never going seen it back attempted. into like old baseball fights and shit because like I was yeah. showing Kelly the Robin Ventura fight mm-hmm. today because I was talking about brawls and shit. Like, I've, n- I've just never seen this. He calls out to the bench coach because the bench coach is now managing since the manager already got tossed. And he basically says you better get a relief pitcher warming up right now because I'm about to go get thrown the fuck out of this game. Because you see the manager take the ball and he looks confused and he just starts pointing to the bench and that's probably to indicate, hey, get a relief pitcher up. And then the second he takes the ball and, like, checks with the manager, he's like, all right, you got the guy warm? All right, good, yep, okay. And then just takes off (laughs) solo. Nobody, just him to take on... The entire Pittsburgh
1: Pirates bench. And
0: he just literally goes does like, in swinging. He literally
1: charges in like something out of uh, uh, what's the movie um, Braveheart. It's like he's William Wallace charging at a wall of soldiers, and just immediately I don't Throwing remember. hands. Yeah, no, no, no. Not even punches. He's literally throwing. In hands. my mind, I know I watched this ten minutes ago. It, it was very much longer than 10 minutes ago, but it feels like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. He literally jumps up in the air and just does like a diving punch in. I don't know if that actually happened, but in my mind it did.
0: Basically, he like missed a guy on the head, but then he like gets him on the head. And then it just all hell breaks loose. I just want manager- to say before
1: it started, I loved the reaction of the Pittsburgh players that he charged at because they were so confused at what was going on. Oh, yeah. They had no idea it was coming in that hot.
0: The second he takes off and the fight starts, David Bell, the ejected manager, comes flying, not out of the bench, because he got tossed, out of the clubhouse <laughs> to go involve himself in yeah. this fight. And when I say involve himself, I don't mean break it up. No, 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 no. I mean grappling with the other coaches. Yes. And just tarts. he went, he went after to the ground. Clint Hurdle. Yo, he yo, he did, man. Um fucking uh, uh, Chris Archer got taken down to the ground by Sonny Gray.
1: Which is wild to Hilarious. me.
0: Hilarious. Hilarious. Sonny Listen, Gray having the season of his life right now.
1: I'm a Pittsburgh fan, but I wasn't against Chris Sonny Archer. Gray taking down Chris yeah. Archer.
0: I'm uh, Puig was livid. Puig, by who, by Puig the way? Puig got traded was 25 traded minutes this? earlier. Puig was no, when this fight happened, Puig was no longer a member of the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs>
1: That's the best part of this whole thing was that <laughs> Yasiel Puig was no longer a member of this team and still went out there and started throwing up fists.
0: It was astonishing. Yeah, Joey Votto was involved a bit. I felt like he was mostly probably just saying shit in the, the you know, traditional Votto way. Yeah, they were but, definitely
1: holding back Votto, though.
0: You know, like he was. I'm sure he was pretty riled up, but um, it was just astonishing. Yeah. How many ejections?
1: Oh, uh, there had to have been like... I want to say, like, nine.
0: On the nose, nine. Yeah. So that brings me to the surprise topic I have for today.
1: Cool. And we'll close on this.
0: Oh, well, before we do, any, any big takeaways from this brawl? This
1: was the greatest fight I've ever seen, and I love it. I also well, just want to point out that I said this to Josh earlier. In the past, like, X number of years, I don't know the specific number, the Pittsburgh Pirates have been involved in exactly 20% of all bench-clearing brawls in Major League Baseball. And that is the funniest fucking thing ever. I guess we're a dirty team. Who knew?
0: It is Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah. What
0: do you think the record is
1: for most ejections in a game? Oh, I don't know.
0: Seventeen. Oh, nice. Seventeen. What? Well, give me the story. It was. Uh, it was. <laughs> it was an August game in 1984. Braves Padres.
1: All right. Here's what happened. <laughs> yes. I'm just going to put the mic down and listen.
0: So um I, 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 there's a lot of preamble to what I to what I I I found because I saw that and I was like I I need I need to know, right? M- much like my 100 pitch inning story. Like I needed to know how <laughs> 17 people got ejected from this game. And man is it interesting. So Anyway, I'm going to skip a lot of the preamble and just kind of get into it. So the Braves had a 2 nothing lead going um, in, uh, at the, in the bottom of the first. Uh, this guy, uh, Perez, whose name I already lost because I couldn't find it, Pasqual Perez, he comes to uh, lead off the um, bottom of the second, right? So, with the, um, when, so when Perez came up into the bottom of the second, the, the San Diego pitcher, Ed Whitson, tries to hit him. But through a wild pitch, and both teams were warned. Um, at the end of at the end of the plate appearance, Whitson had struck out Perez. Uh, anyway, the Braves got another run, three nothing. But the benches were warned. And when that when that basically that means that the the umpire comes out a little bit and he points at each bench very aggressively. And basically that says if you want to start more shit, people are going to start leaving this diamond. All right, that's your warning. Naturally. So, bottom of the fourth, Pascual Perez comes up again. And it's still Ed Whitson pitching. He tries to hit Perez. Not once. Not twice. Three different times. And misses on all of them. So, after the third time, the umpire, the uh, the 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 home plate ump, uh, Stephen Ripley, is like, alright, dude, like, what the fuck? Uh, and he throws Whitson out of the game. So, that... Leads to San Diego's manager Dick Williams charging on out. He gets thrown out of the game. (laughs) So now we're on Greg Booker, who is going to be our um, active manager, as well as um, Greg Booker took over for. Oh, sorry, no, Greg Booker took over for Whitson as the pitcher. Ozzie Virgil Senior became the active manager of the San Diego Diego bench. All right. In the top of the sixth, the Padres batting. Um, both of the two replacements were themselves ejected, Booker and Virgil. I don't know how. It doesn't say. But somehow, while the Padres were batting, the new pitcher and the new bench coach were also both ejected.
1: Starting drugs on the field. Who? who <laughs> I don't know. No, they
0: were in the bench. That's what I'm <laughs> okay. saying. Unless I don't know then. <laughs> unless um, uh, Ver, uh, Booker was hitting since it's the National League, I have no fucking clue. So now Jack Kroll... Becomes the third manager for San Diego tonight. All right. Greg Harris becomes their third pitcher, and they get through two innings with no issue. So after seven and a half, the score stood at 5 1 Braves. Uh, the Braves come up to bat in the bottom of the eighth. Um, this guy named Craig Lefferts comes into relief pitch for the Padres. And then guess who comes up to plate? Pascual Perez. Who else? Gets hit by a pitch. Oh, no!
1: This guy's having the worst game ever.
0: (laughs) Both benches clear. Lefferts was ejected. Kroll was ejected. The Padres had three managers ejected this game. And and three pitchers. That's insane. That's insane. Um, Bob Horner of the Braves was out with a broken hand and in the press box. But as the ongoing bloodbath had been evident, he had gone to the locker room and suited up. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: After the game, you said he didn't have to be a brain surgeon to figure out what was going on. The brawl lasted 10 minutes. What? I have a video I'm going to show you. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, Perez, it's funny because when you watch it, Perez doesn't even involve himself. Perez gets hit by the pitch and just kind of walks away. Meanwhile, a brawl, like, like this is a good fight. You're going to like yes. this. Yes, nice. Uh, goes down. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, San Diego first baseman Champ Summers Ejected Padres left fielder Bobby Brown Ejected Three different Braves Who have come from the dugout And the bullpen To join the fray Rick Mahler uh, Steve Bedrosian And Gerald Gerald Perry All ejected So far We have 11 ejections There's still six more That need to happen I don't know how this could occur Eight ejections On the Padres side Three on the Braves side
1: so fuck the dads, man.
0: Now it's the top of the ninth. Uh, Donnie Moore is now pitching for the Braves, and you know, top of the ninth, Braves are leading, three outs, and the game is over. And you've got to be thinking to yourself at this point. How are there six more ejections in three outs? Well, he hits the first batter. <laughs> he hits Greg Nettles. So Moore gets ejected. There's another one. And so was the Braves manager at the time. Joe Tory <laughs> also gets ejected.
1: Wow, Joe Torre was around back then. I mean, obviously he was around back then, but I didn't realize he was like coaching for the Braves back then. Yeah,
0: I think it's more interesting that he's already passed his playing days in '84 and managing. Yeah, it's true. Um, w- but I yeah,
1: would, yeah,
0: there he is. Um, because don't forget, and it, uh, there had been <laughs> a warning had been issued in the second inning. It's the ninth. Regardless, he. Once more, players are getting hit. Everyone's just getting tossed. So that that there's two more right there. Anyway, um, after Nettles got hit, he charged the mound, <laughs> and um, to try to you know fight da- Donnie Moore. So which obviously gets Craig Nettles ejected. <laughs> so he's gone. Uh, the bench is clear again. <laughs> Tim Flannery who was a pinch hitter in the game, he got thrown out, uh, so he could not re-enter. Goose Gossage, who was a relief pitcher, <laughs> he got tossed for fighting. And San Diego's Kurt Bivacqua, who had been on the bench and was standing in the dugout when hit by a beer, um, he charged into the stands.
1: Good. Good. <laughs> Malice at the Palace, the original. The OG Malice at the Palace.
0: The ejections now totaled San Diego 12, Braves 5, which leads us to 17 total ejections. Which, think about this. More San Diego players got ejected this one game than both teams combined in the brawl that happened yesterday. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So it keeps going, like, I, I, you know, this whole thing gives, like a, like, a little bit of, like, a bunch of quotes and fallout from the whole thing. Um, but instead, I've got the video. And would you like to watch? I do. Okay. So this is for the main one. Where um, I you
1: want to leave this in the episode where we're well. I'm going to comment So so so
0: so yeah. Uh, Pasqual gets gets knocked like right seemingly in the hands. The pitcher gets ejected immediately. Um, he goes off to the side. They're Not even involved. The two teams come together. Right. Look at this shit to the ground grappling, griping. There's Joe West. <laughs> Watch what happens to Joe because he's going to get taken to the ground. Man, Joe's always been Look, fat on the ground. He's going to end up getting ripped off of, because he's trying to, he's basically pinning these other two dudes, trying to stop a fight. It's not working. Perez just walking away. He's like, I don't need this shit. I mean, there's literally, like, if you guys zoomed out, there's five different fights. There's players trying to drag Joe West off of the the Braves batters. Um, you're going to see Joe Torre make a little appearance over here pretty soon. Uh, Yeah, there's Joe Torre just kind of standing around. Everyone kind of gets up. It looks like it's ending. There's chokeholds being issued. Like... There's a lot of finger waving. Some some guy named Watson's just bear hugging another dude.
1: That's I, not on his team.
0: No. Yeah. Like there's Oop. still this grapple just watch on the Juan bottom. of dude,
1: shove his hands down his pants.
0: Oh, you gotta adjust, you know. Yeah, you gotta adjust. It it looks like it looks like you know, one of the umps is gonna come up and issue like the first down call. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like. like or you know, like 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 a turnover. It's fuck. There's the beer coming down. There's the fans <laughs> jumping onto the field. Like <laughs> oh, holy shit. That guy's in the chokehold. They're yelling the, down at the Padres the players. Fans are
1: on the field.
0: Like like, like their <laughs> security trying to hold them back. Like it's fucking nuts. This video, we're legit. 90 seconds in. Yeah. Everything I've happened was real time. 90 seconds in on what is a. Over five and a half, nearly six minute long video that we're not going to watch all of because this is too much, but
1: I mean... We're going to stop recording and then finish watching. This is an all-timer. Yeah. Uh,
0: This is great. Have you ever
1: seen the video for Malice at the Palace? Which one's that? Uh, It was when Ron Artest, this was NBA, dove into the stands and started beating the shit out of fans. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the wild ones. Do you ever see the one where that, um, uh, I think it was a Bruin... Uh, I think he's actually uh, a, a commentator now for hockey. Went into the stands and started beating a, a fan with his own shoe. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that yeah, who was that?
1: I don't remember. Was it... Uh, Ron Dar-
0: no, no, Ron was a pitcher.
1: Cherry. Um,
0: not Don Cherry. I wish it was Don Cherry. He's way too old. He's, he's, he's a fucking broadcaster now. Like I can see his face. chick? No. Regardless, though, that's a great one. That's a great one.
1: I'll have to go home and look that one up.
0: Yeah, it's a really good one. Uh, literally goes into the stands, finds a guy, pushes him down, beats him with his own shoe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's the fight. Uh, we're going to keep it here for today because uh, last episode was really long. We need to spare both you guys and our lips in storage. <laughs> so we're going to call it for today. Uh, we had a lot of fun keeping track of all this stuff. Uh, hopefully the trade deadline gets a little more exciting as today goes forward for us, but... Whatever it is, we'll talk about any changes um, once we return uh, for our non-stats episode next Monday. So until Thursday, um, y'all have a good one. Bye.